As Octavia and her crew climb to the top of Absalon's tail, their goal is in sight. What grim tidings does this mountain hold? Will their carefully thought-out plan go off without a hitch? Or will they be left out in the cold? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. Me, My Spouse, and a Die is a family-friendly, actual-play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Moir, a land that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So usually at the beginning of these episodes, we, we talk about something, we have some, you know, anecdote or some topic that we discuss, and I, I don't, ah, the problem is we both, our lives aren't that interesting. <laughs> That's very true. So it's like, you know, some people, you know, just like everything happens, happens to them, and they've always got a story about something that happened that week or something that they can pull out and just be like, wow, that's a great story. How did you have that? I, my life has been relatively boring, and I don't have a lot of those <laughs> to speak of. I feel um, like any interesting story that I had was from when I was a child. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's... I guess I haven't had a lot of super interesting adult stories. Um, so yeah, we usually try to think of something, uh, and it's just been, I don't know, what's a... Have I told my dinosaur egg story? Your dinosaur egg story? Yeah. I don't know. Do I know this story? I'm sure you know this story. Dinosaur egg. So when I was younger, I really wanted to be a paleontologist. Really wanted to be a paleontologist. I knew that. Um, because I wanted to dig up dinosaur bones. Mm-hmm. I love dinosaurs. I've loved dinosaurs ever since I was a kid. Uh, one of my imaginary friends when I was growing up was a giant uh, T-Rex. I think her name. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember her name. Uh, what I would used to do was I would stand in the window of the second floor of our house because in my mind, T-Rexes are so tall that I would be eye level with the T-Rex and then we'd have conversations. So I would just be this like six-year-old looking out a window, having a conversation with my imaginary friend T-Rex. Yes, I love dinosaurs. We had a, I think a maple tree that kind of the leaves kind of look like the tree stars from the land before time. And so I would gather buckets of tree stars for my dinosaur friends. So this is carried all through, all through my life. My love of dinosaurs. Well, One time when I was probably, oh, maybe eight, nine, young-ish, but not that, that young, I found a rock, and it looked like an egg, and it had a little protrusion out of the side of it, and I was convinced that this egg was a fossilized uh, dinosaur egg that had started to hatch, but then something had happened, and it hadn't hatched all the way. I was convinced of this. So this was my precious, precious egg. And somehow I convinced my parents to get me an appointment at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History for them to take a look at this egg and see if it was an actual dragon, dragon egg, dinosaur egg. Um, had the appointment and they were like, oh, thanks so much for coming in. We did x-ray it and there are some fossils in here, but it is not a 
dinosaur egg. I even remember what I wore that day. I thought about it for so long. I wore this blue flowy skirt and these uh, tan clogs that I had. Really the height of fashion. It was awful, but it was all my favorite things. Um, and I was so disappointed that this uh, this rock that I had treasured for so long wasn't really a dinosaur egg. I threw it away. And I regret that to this oh, day. I'm sorry. <laughs> that I no longer have that. It was just such a beautiful uh, like talisman, talisman of like, youthful excitement and wonder and things like that like i had named the dinosaur like i thought i had imagined what it looked like what kind of dinosaur it was that, all of that stuff that's i don't know if i i think i feel like i've heard that before but that's one of the cutest stories i've ever heard <laughs> well thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i'm i'm sure like People at the museum, of course, they know that it's it's nothing. But right. the fact that, like, I'm sure they're just excited that you're excited mm-hmm. about it, and so that's that's adorable. Oh, thanks. I don't I don't actually know how my parents got that. Like, I mean, I think those people are relatively like chill. You can probably oh, just think. email and be like, "Hey, can can you take a look at this?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, I mean, my job is looking at old stuff." I feel like people who love dinosaurs, like, they get other people who love dinosaurs yeah so yeah that's that's my dinosaur story yeah and they're not gonna be like oh your kid thinks this is a dinosaur no kid you're stupid this ain't a dinosaur get out of here <laughs> Nah, of course they're gonna i know oh i, I mean it's, cute. it's weird because my memory of this story is all like from the adult's shoulders down like mm-hmm. i don't remember what this guy looked like mm-hmm. And all my memories are kind of like a mo- like movie, like I follow myself type of thing. And so imagine like all of the shots of this little like short film being, you know, focused on a, a child's height. And so you never like see the full adult type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't Let's see. The only thing I can think of that comes close to that for me is when I was a kid, I had to, uh, on several occasions go up to to where my relatives lived in Ohio and help clean out a uh, house that there's a, a wild story that accompanies this house that we don't need to get into on this particular podcast. But regardless, uh, I as a child went up to help like clean out this house that was, uh, you know, partially some work had been started and not completed and the rest of it was kind of a, kind of a travesty uh but there was a big chunk of like is like maybe not a football size a little bit maybe like half a football size chunk of it was like a black rock like thing and i i thought it was obsidian i don't actually <laughs> know what obsidian is but i was like oh what if this is obsidian and so i i think i kept it and i i think it was just a giant glob of glass of like oh, black glass, mm-hmm. but I thought for sure it was some cool like special rock. That's amazing. I st- even still, it was a big enough weird lump of like glass that why was it there? What was its story? <laughs> I I still don't know. But I assume we you don't have that anymore. I'm sure I don't. Yeah. That that dinosaur That's story amazing. is pretty cute though. Oh, thank you. Which is why I, uh, for my most recent birthday, it was a dinosaur-themed birthday. Yes. Well, that's Those are the decorations that Target had. So, <laughs> I well, knew you like dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, 
if I didn't like dinosaurs, even the fact that Target had those decorations, you wouldn't have gotten them. But you saw them and then you're like, yes. Yep. My wife would definitely like a dinosaur-themed birthday for her old, definite adult birthday. Good old dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. Oh, man. But that is, uh, that's where we are. But I like that with the obsidian, too. Like, I, Yeah, it was, it was a good size. That would have been really cool big. looking. It, maybe it was smaller because I was a child that's at the time. That's probably true, yeah. But it was still a good size hunk of stuff. Um, was it shiny then? Yeah. Oh, that would have been it cool. It was shiny. It was like a dark. It was kind of a purple black. Was it smooth or like jagged? It was smooth. Oh. There were a couple like jagged parts. I think part of it had broken off, um, but mostly it was smooth. It's pretty cool. That would have been really cool. Yeah, I definitely. I thought it was. I thought it was obsidian. It's probably not. I don't know whatever happened to it. I don't know if I got to like take it home with me, or uh. if I just thought it was cool and left it there, or mm-hmm. threw it in the dumpster with everything else. I don't remember. Well, it is. It is. It is oh, where man. that dinosaur egg is gone. Yeah, that was a whole series where I was helping clean out this house, and I had just like gotten my braces on, so I couldn't eat solid food. And I remember sitting in this dingy house trying to like chew on a French fry, and I couldn't because it just hurt my teeth so bad. It was a that was a rough stretch. Uh, yeah. Gosh, braces, huh? Braces were not fun. Braces. I really needed them, though. Oh, me too. I think we both had yeah. kind of equally weird mouths as children. Yeah, I was called, called shark tooth a lot growing up. Yeah, I had little fangs coming in over the top of my other teeth. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I had to like, I had to, did you have the expander? Oh, yeah. 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 They were like, you can have an expander or we can pull your teeth out. And I'm like... Um, I know when you're older, your teeth fall out, so I probably should keep as many teeth as possible. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah. Had the expander, had the braces, yep. had rubber bands, had oh, the yeah. whole deal. Same. I mean, I'm just glad that I didn't have like a headset oh. or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think those kind of were before our time. I, think I don't were, know yeah. many people who had them. I know my, my mom had one <laughs> when she was a kid. <laughs> I don't know if any of my sisters did, actually, thankfully. Well, I had yeah. braces my first year of undergrad, so that's Ooh, fun. Yeah, well, you were a youngin. That's true, I you was. Were a little in. But still. Yeah. Oh, man. Braces, good times. I yeah. remember my mom felt so bad because with the expander, you have to like go in and crank it oh, yeah. every like couple days oh, or yeah. so to expand it. And she felt so bad because she had to go in and like oh, wait. ratchet it out. Oh, my. Mine wasn't like that. Yeah, so it was like a little piece of metal, you know, that hooked onto two of my molars on the top, and there was a little thing in the center, and every couple days or so, you'd have to go in with, like, this key and, like, turn it, and it would push them a little bit farther apart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she she had to do that, and she felt so bad, because every time, like, it's tearing your mouth apart. It hurts a lot, so. That's awful. Yeah. (laughs) Mine was, (laughs) I I guess, kind of, where you're pushing your molars closer to the back of your mouth to make more room or to this expanding to the sides oh okay so my expander pushed my teeth backwards backwards to give it enough space for you know it's basically you know i had 10 teeth where there was enough space for eight teeth basically Mm -hmm. and so they had to push my back two molars back Mm -hmm. far enough so that they could pull everything else forward and so i had a thing on the roof of my mouth that then, like, was pushing them back. Boy. Yep. Yep. And then I had my wisdom teeth out, all of them. How many? Did you have all four? All of them. Were they yeah. impacted? I don't think so, but it took me 
I know some, there was someone, one of my friends I think had him out and bounced back in like a day. It took me a full week. Yeah. It was miserable. I bounced back really quickly. I think I had I did three not. or maybe I had all four and three were impacted or something, but they were, they were, they were in there. They were janky. Um, I just rem- remember eating so many Frosties. Mm, Frosties, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the best. Um, but I basically recovered in like two days. It took me at least a full week. I remember that because I had the whole like chipmunk mouth. My cheeks were so swollen. I didn't swell or bruise. I got this in high school and I remember I was working on, I was in a play in like theater. And so I went in on one of these days to help like build the set and I was in there with these big chipmunks and I couldn't talk like this. It was, it was bad. It was that's, rough. That's awful. I remember going in for like, a, you know, the post-operation checkup or whatever and the, the doctor being like, I've never seen someone heal this fast. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm amazing. Did you get your tonsils out? No, I still uh, have my tonsils. I got my tonsils out. I, was, I think that was like my first surgery. I guess my wisdom teeth out would be my first and only surgery. My one of my that was a one of my most vivid early life memories is I got my tonsils out and as like a hey good job you just went under the knife and are taking it like a champ. Uh, my parents got me the Hoth Snowspeeder Lego set. Wow! Yeah, I remember that. Wow! Explicitly. That's amazing. Yeah, How fun. old were you? I I don't know, but I was pretty young. What What do your tonsils do? Not a Besides lot. get like inflamed or something. That's basically it. <laughs> that we know <laughs> they of. They don't now. do a lot. I don't remember. <laughs> Apparently when I, I think I... they're like kind of like a filter or something. Oh, really? that, like catch stuff. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently when I was driving home from from getting my wisdom teeth out uh, in my groggy sleep, I guess I, apparently I said, I think they liked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I'll have to I'll have to ask my parents if I said anything weird when I was like high off of the the, the drugs mm-hmm. coming out of the the wisdom teeth surgery or the tonsil surgery because I don't I don't remember off the top of my head if I had any like weird moments I think I was just like drooling and uh, yeah I think I think beyond that I know I was seeing double on the car ride oh home. that'd be scary yeah after my wisdom teeth because I I had to like recline back in the passenger seat and stare at the ceiling because if I was looking out the windshield I was like I just need two of everything <laughs> 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 yeah messes you up but man we've been talking about this for a while so we should True. probably start should the probably game probably put huh? like a content warning about teeth on here yeah. or something oh man <laughs> goodness gracious all right so you all your party you carhoon owlbear balger malaris carmina jasulka the seven the 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 magnificent seven is it uh have just landed atop the mountain of Absalon Sail. Uh, you're specifically going up Groon's Peak. Groon, of course, being the emperor who united the dwarven tribes after the judgment informed the city-state of Grundikov. Next on the Mawirian History Channel. Next on, yeah. Uh, so that is where you are. 
So a lot of you are atop this peak, staring across a great chasm. Uh, a stone bridge leads across it. You can kind of make out a few trails through the snow where patrols probably walk. Far off in the distance behind the whipping snow, you can see the structure, the Imperial Palace of Grundikov. Your goal. Do you remember your plan? The stages of your plan. I can refresh Vaguely. your memory. All right. From my recollection, it's... The first stage I remember, there's this crevasse mm-hmm. that um, a patrol usually crosses. And there are multiple patrols, but our goal is to take out one of the patrols and kind of um, travel up the mountain in that order. So basically, we take the place of one of the patrols. And so we have a patrol behind us and in front of us, but we don't think that we'll get snuck up on buy one because we'll take the place of a patrol if that makes sense yes and specifically you are going to try to uh we're going to try to loose yeah we're going to try to uh loose the bridge or do something with the bridge so that they all fall into Mm -hmm. the chasm Mm -hmm. uh so you're all are staring over this sorry and uh carmina says well this is where the patrols should be coming by perhaps we should find a place to surveil the area and figure out their timing before we move. Sounds good. Now, as a little bit of bookkeeping... Oh, no. Um, Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> um, I just want to note that the evening before, I would have cast Hero's Feast on everybody. I would have prepared it uh, yesterday. Uh, fine. Um, and then cast it the evening before, so we all get two... D10 temp HP, which I'm going to roll here. Okay. 11. This is actually a prime time. Do you have anything else for your bookkeeping? Well, I was going to ask. Casting a spell, you can't, like, move while you're doing that, right? Or... No, you can move before or after. Not, like, in combat, but, like, a spell that takes a long period of time. To cast. Mm, what spell? Is it a multiple hour casting? Yeah. I'm going to say no. You have to be like sitting, performing this ritual. Okay. Uh, concentrating fully on the casting. Okay. I was going to awaken a bunch of things as we were climbing up this mountain. <laughs> but it takes eight hours to cast. I was going to awaken Chuck and I was going to awaken a couple wolves. But I guess I won't. How long is it? Is it, it's an eight-hour casting? It's an eight-hour casting. Uh, I'll say you could awaken Chuck if you forego your long rest the night before. So I'll give you a level of exhaustion. Could I have done that earlier in the trip? Nope. <laughs> what does ex- exhaustion do against again the first level? One level will give you disadvantage on all ability checks. Or I guess you could have done it at some point, but I'm going to give you a trade-off because you don't really... If you skip one rest, that's going to kind of domino effect up up here. And there's got to be there's gotta be a trade-off. That's true. Could I awaken somebody other than Chuck for that trade-off? No. Nah. Because it's still going to take you. You would have to stay up all night casting the spell, not rest. And go through a, a, a grueling hike the day before and the day after. Could I 
find a wolf friend who with my druidic charms I'm able to be like hey hang out with me for eight hours and then it can carry me the day after I can ride it I'm gonna say no <laughs> oh man I really wanted to awaken you something. you can awaken Chuck I'll, I'll I'll gladly let you awaken Chuck but I'm, I'm not gonna You've already got five extra people on <laughs> this party. True. You have the ability to summon a ton of other things. That's you very can awaken true. Chuck if you would like to. Ooh, disadvantage on ability checks, though. Yes. That's not saves, though. Not saves, just ability checks. Now, granted, that does include things like stealth checks and perception checks. Yeah, I'm gonna forego it. You're gonna forego awakening Chuck. That's that's fine. Awake. It just means like it can talk and think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. But I was I was thinking that that would be because f- I was kind of imagining it before I I was reading the text of the spell and then didn't read the the like the finer details of it and so I was imagining you know coming across these wolves and maybe kind of having the standoff and then like awakening them and then being like oh that's cool like come travel with me and I was it was just a cool mental image to then like kind of sweep up some of these creatures as we went yeah it would be hard you'd be hard pressed to get a wild animal to do that yeah that does make sense your only option would feasibly be Be Chuck Chuck. and that would be if Owlbear said yeah sure (laughs) she wants Chuck to be that's true she might not want Chuck to be awakened it's just an extra level of like uh moral accountability that now you have another sentient creature because like look I love animals but if a goat dies it's just a goat but if a goat that can like talk and think and feel dies that's a little bit that's very true that's very very true uh so all right that was that is the extent of my housekeeping okay Then this is a good time to talk about your party. So I sent you an email with your... This is the extended party uh, that you are free to look at. So basically, I gave you this party because I thought it would be narratively interesting to bring all these characters back because they all kind of have a bone to pick uh, with, with the dragon bloods and they all have a unique set of skills that might aid you in this final leg of the journey. And, you know... I, I liked Albert. I liked Bulger. I liked all these all these people. But I also don't want to bog this game down so very, very, very badly. So I tried to really simplify how you would have to deal with these. Because even if I gave them, you know, a sidekick stat block, that's still a lot of bookkeeping mm-hmm. for an additional, you know, five people. So I've sent you a list with some very basic stats for each of these people. To go through it, each of them have, has an AC. And instead of hit points, I'm giving them a, a base number of hits they can take. So basically, someone ah. swings at them. So if they get hit, I don't care what the damage is. They could take, you know, five of those, four of those, six of those, okay. whatever. Uh, if they get crit, that counts as, as two. And I'll say your hero's feast means they can take one extra. Um, I kind of just base that on what the average kind of damages we're looking at at this level based on the average hit points of these kind of people and, you know, who's beefier, who's not, who can take more, who can take less. So that's going to save a lot of accounting and a lot of math on your part. You just have to make tally marks. Uh, if they take the maximum amount of hits they can, they go to zero, they'll make death saves like usual. Each- do they do the... Uh, uh- kind of death save things like Carhoon and I do or just traditional? This is traditional okay. death save rules. Also, I'm not really caring to stat them fully out mm-hmm. so if they're caught in an AOO, whether if it's a, you know, save for half damage, 
it counts as a hit with a take fuller fuller half uh just so we can minimize the amount of dice being rolled i did give them all a stealth bonus because you're going to need to make some stealth checks i'm sure and i gave them all a key skill which is one thing they are good at above all others that you might not be good at uh so that they can you know aid you and you know as as it comes up if there's you know a certain obstacle that they would be helpful in that is where i can come in and fill in those missing gaps where i haven't given them full things uh in combat they all have their action that they do there is no choices they do this one thing and that is what they do so that's you don't have to think about it you don't have to deal with a full spell list (laughs) so for example uh bulger bulger shoots a firebolt that's what bulger does (laughs) uh you have a plus to hit and you're dealing average damage so you only roll a d20 hits or not you deal that amount of damage uh, all of them will you know prior they can prioritize whatever target you want uh, but they will use their actions to maximize their effectiveness so if someone comes up to Balgar in melee he will disengage and move as his turn and then he will continue firing firebolts next awesome. turn and each of them I just gave them uh, a, a daily action so to speak in fourthy parlance, which is a thing that they can basically do one time, which is a little bit better and cooler than their normal stuff. Uh, because awesome. I want them to be an asset. I want them to help out in this journey, but I also don't want them to become like, you know, seven extra pages yeah. that you have to flip through and deal with. Um, so that is... No, this is this is really... It's really self-explanatory, yes. and it's, this, is, this is great. So hopefully this works out the way I want it to, and if I need to adjust it in an episode or two, we can do that. Uh, but let's just play it out and see. All right. I was kind of thinking... When, uh, A dangerous pastime. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was thinking about uh, Gloomhaven is great because mm-hmm. it, it has certain, like, rules that the enemies follow you know they all have they this this move and this attack they prioritize these targets they always do this blah 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 so it doesn't need someone to be running those intelligently Mm -hmm. they just always have this this is what they do yeah no and it's it's like also with summoned creatures kind of similarly in gloomhaven they Mm -hmm. have a certain set of things that they do Mm-hmm. And they follow a strict, like, they do this first, and they do this, and they would move towards this target, yep. which similarly just kind of streamlines everything. Yes. Uh, for reference, all of them, their attacks are plus plus nine, so. Cool. Except for Jasolka's May. Jasolka has a spell mastery, and he took magic missile, so he nice. can shoot magic missile as many times hey. as you want, as often as he wants. Auto damage. Mm-hmm. That's... When Gwyneth is rolling dice, it's sometimes <laughs> nice for her not to. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> so that is your extra little awesome. party. So, so with the daily, like, is that per long rest, essentially? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So just again, so you're not keeping too many books. Awesome. So this this group of you high on this mountain kind of find work your way over to a snowy ridge to look over this crevasse and hunker down like han solo watching the probe droid on hoth classic after some time goes by you're starting to the the coal is starting to settle into your bones 
you see a patrol wander by. It looks like five individuals. It looks like one that's kind of leading the patrol and then four more that are following in step, all bundled up in thick furs. The one in charge seems to have a large glaive uh, wading through this hip-high snow. The rest of them are carrying shields and long swords, scanning their eyes across the horizon for any particular, you know, intruders or things of note. They come across the bridge... They head to their right, wander down for a while. After a few minutes, they wander back, cross the bridge, and go to the left, wander down that way, and then make it back to the bridge, retrace their steps across the crevasse, and disappear back into their uh, the rest of their route. So, you can kind of time out when you figure they will be back. So, what do you do? <laughs> So we'll, um, you know, time it so that we uh, won't get caught in the action. Um, And instead of doing kind of the hallucinatory thing, I thought it might be better. I thought it would be a bit more interesting to use stone shape. And basically what I want to do is... In the middle of the bridge, take, you know, a five by five section and basically like hollow it out so it looks exactly the same. But as soon as you put weight on it, you would just fall in. Mm-hmm. Stone shape. <laughs> Let's see if that's feasible. Stone shape. So this is a spell you have that you prepared? Yes. A uh, section of stone no more than five feet in any dimension. Um. Or I could basically drop the bottom out. Like, maybe it can't be hollow, but it could be like a... Imagine unpunched staples. You know, when you have a, the, the line of staples. Mm-hmm. And they have the, the two sides and the top so that they look... You know, if you're looking from the top, they look solid. But you put your foot on it and it's just thin stone. Okay, uh, so you would have to, you could hollow it out so there's like a cavity and just like a paper thin layer of stone across it, uh, but you can do it at a five foot chunk at a time. Right. So you would need to cast this multiple times in order to cover, the, I'll say it's 10 feet across. Would I need to cover the whole thing? No, but you would need to cover like, you know, if there's five people walking and one of them hits a five-foot section and falls through, the other four are probably going to stop. <laughs> That's true. And be like, ah. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Maybe we should go back. Um, I'm not, but you, you could definitely try something like that. Okay, let me see what the range of that is. Oh, it's touch. Okay, so I couldn't do it from, you know, afar when they're already on it. Mm-hmm. So you would have to go up to the bridge and cast these and then either run or hide. Um, you could, like, if given us a certain check, you might be able to compromise the structural integrity of the bridge uh, so that the whole thing goes down, but it would probably take a couple spell slots to put at the right, you know... Places. Places. Okay. Because I was thinking about it, and, like, the same with the hallucinatory terrain. Like, if we moved the bridge 
and then everyone sees one person fall through, they're also going to stop. So basically what we need is for them to all be on the bridge and then for the bridge to go out. Mm -hmm. So could I, am I smart enough to compromise the bridge once a certain number of people are on it? You would have to be on the bridge or like under the bridge or next to the bridge or hiding near the bridge to cast the spell while they're on it. While they're on it. But you could probably do that. It's touch, though. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to be like Spider-Man in your way <laughs> under the bridge. Like, boop. Hmm. You say, you say the crevasse is 10 feet across? No, the bridge is 10 feet wide. Oh, 10 feet wide. Okay. okay Crevasses, okay. say like 40, 50. Okay. 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 Perfect. Can Jasulka make me fly? Probably could. Because then I could. Well, because I couldn't cast this. As a creature, so I'm like, mm. of course, I, if I'm trying to be a spider and hang out, I could just turn into a spider, but then I couldn't cast this, a spell. Sure. Um, yeah, so why don't we have Jasulka cast fly on me, and then once all of the patrol is on the bridge, I will cast Stone Shape to uh, unstabilize it. To the point where multiple people will fall. Okay. It'll take a couple... Well, roll me roll me an intelligence check. Uh, because this is going to be like you figuring out where to place these pressure points to yeah. cause this thing to collapse. Uh, so you'll be able to do it, but if you roll better, you can use less spell slots. Okay. How Could... many fourth level spell slots do you have? Two, three, two? Uh, three. Three. Okay. Could I have Carhoon help me? Could he like come over and be like, "Oh, I think that's here and there." The uh... he can help you, so you can have advantage. Okay, let's do it. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, you can do it in two spells. Okay. Do we think that we are going to get into the castle today? Yes. Yeah, this is like go time. Once you're in the castle, who knows? But you've you know, kind of need to do things quickly once you set things in motion. Can I use a cumulative number of spell slots that are lower or one that's higher? You will need to cast Stone Shape twice. Okay. You can do that however you want, but you will need to cast Stone Shape twice. Okie dokie. So, Silka says, changing the plan already, are we? Well, fine. I, you, I guess we can clean up your mess if you Screw this up. And he touches you on the shoulder and casts fly. This is actually a better idea. Because if one person puts a foot on an imaginary bridge and falls through, I don't think this is a situation where the classic, if your friend jumps off a cliff, would you follow them? It's true. But perhaps you could give them some uh, motivation to, I don't know, things are icy, slippery. If you got them charging across, they might not have time to stop. Regardless, you're a flying. Go do your thing. <laughs> and so Octavia will, uh, yeah, fly over and kind of hover underneath this bridge, trying to be um, stealthy. And she will wait. Romeo stealth check. I'm going to borrow Carhoon's cloak for this one. You can't. Okay, you need to decide who's wearing the cloak because you can't just keep swapping it back and forth. Carhoon will wear it unless I say otherwise. And then, do you just want the cloak? 
Well, I mean, it's... Because at, at this point, like, you're all bundled up in warm weather clothes. The cloak's probably, like, tucked in there somewhere. You need to just... You keep stealing the cloak and giving it back, taking it and giving it back. You either need to decide, are you wearing the cloak or is Carhoon wearing the cloak? Because in the spirit of the game... That's supposed to like trade things around <laughs> for one check and then give it back. So I'm gonna say you're not wearing the cloak. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. For a second, you, I you fly I thought there. the boots of elven kind only um, gave you advantage on stealth checks to be quiet. They do. Okay. Well, we'll be in quiet under here. Is that something that? Well, specifically to like move. Just roll a stealth check. Okay. Just, let's keep this moving. Let's just roll a stealth check. Do, so do I roll with advantage or not? No, you're fine. Okay. Uh, 20. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to be, you know, I'm trying to if, be tactical. If you, there's being tactical and then there's abusing the magic item <laughs> situation in this game. All right. You can trade, you can give the clo- the boots to Carhoon and take the cloak. You can take the cloak. You just have to decide who has those items and not, like, swap them back for one check. Okay. Because that is that is gaming the system. Kona's like, but I, I like this cloak. Stop. If you want it, just take it. But stop, like, taking it and giving it back to me. Okay, sorry. All right. You passed anyway. All right. So the you hear shuffling through the snow uh, these this patrol of five individuals making their way back after a, a certain period of time. And after a few more minutes, you hear the tonk, 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 tonk of boots walking over this bridge. Do your thing. What are you doing? All right. So basically what I'm going to do is try to, um, you know, weaken the structure of the bridge enough that it will collapse under them. Okay. Uh, so you... With two castings, fly to one corner and swum. Feel the the stone like cut out a nice hollow portion into a pressure point. Go to the other side and swum. Do the same. And as soon as you hit that next one, you start to to kind of hear things creak and crack as the the bridge starts to crumble under its own weight with the support missing in key locations and in a matter of a few moments from like the point where you initially put these breaks in big chunks of it start to fall off into this bottomless chasm you look down and it just like goes down 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 and disappears into blackness you cannot see the end and pieces of stone start falling past you into this nothingness of abyss there are a few moments it doesn't collapse instantaneously and you hear some, wait, what's going on? Ah! And bootsteps as they start trying to run for the edge as this bridge starts to collapse around them. So I'm going to make a couple dexterity saving Ooh. throws to see if anybody makes it out alive. So let's sickety see. So the bridge starts collapsing, chunks of it, and you hear these bootsteps and shouts of like, what's going on? This bridge, that bridge is collapsing, get off. Uh, Chunks of stone fall past your face. You have to kind of dodge out of the way so you aren't crushed and taken down there with them. And you see, uh, after one of these chunks, 
saw someone fall off and the then Wilhelm another scream. and ah! then another and then another in total four of the five of them just stone crumbles under their feet and you see them go flopping down into the abyss like Darth Maul at the end of a Phantom Menace except nice. in one piece one of them however manages to leap and like catches on to the far side of this bridge before it completely collapses underneath his feet. And he's like holding on with two arms above, trying to crawl up onto the ledge. You are flying, you know, in near the, the opposite side of this chasm, hovering in the middle as this bridge collapses. You see this person trying to claw their way back onto solid ground. What do you do? I am going to fly over. Okay. And I'm going to land right in front of them. Okay. And I'm going to cast Charm Monster. Okay. All right. If you could please make me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. What is your DC? 18. Roll the 17. Oh! Uh, so it's clawing up. You land in front of it and it sees you. You see it's it's an orc bundled tight in these thick furs. And it goes to reach down towards its belt where you see it's got a like a horn set there. And as it's holding on to the edge of the bridge with one hand and it's grabbing for this horn in the other, uh, you wave your hands and speak some words and its eyes go kind of, the pupils dilate. And he's like, oh... Oh, what are you doing all the way out here? What are you doing here? Let me help you up. Oh, yeah, well, the You're... bridge just collapsed. The six been standing for hundreds of years. I guess this was the, maybe this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Come on. Oh, is that a fat joke? I'm very sensitive Oh, I didn't that. mean it that way. I just meant that. Oh, no, come on. Oh, fine. And so she's going to help him. Roll a strength check. Up. Oh, I guess if she can. <laughs> My gosh, with her little noodle arms. 14. Yeah, you both, he, he scrambles up with your help. Oh, goodness, I almost, oof, I almost died. Oh, that oh was my, a close one. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Gerald, Franklin, Susan, they're all, I'm so sorry. falls to his knees. They're all gone. We were, we had a poker night scheduled for tonight. I'm so sorry, bud. I, I was, I was finally going to win that gold ring that Susan has that I've been eyeing. <laughs> I had a pl- I was going to cheat. I've got, I had a couple aces. Up your sleeve? Up my sleeve. <laughs> and now I'll never get it. <sighs> <sighs> what are you doing out here? Oh, I know. I wasn't planning on being out here, but um, I was trying to catch up with your patrol and I'm glad that I did on time. Not soon enough. You let Susan and Gerald and Franklin die. Well, I'm I'm just glad I was able to catch one of you. I mean, again, I'm sorry, bud. <sighs> okay, why don't why don't you take a seat here and, and we can kind of re catch our breath type of thing. Uh, okay, so yes, I, I can't go back anyway right now. So so you were on your patrol? Uh, Tell me everything that happened. We were on a patrol and we walked across the bridge and it fell and everyone died. Okay. Um, did anything weird happen on your way earlier in your patrol or anything? Did you hear anything? It's been pretty normal up here. Okay. 
there's huh. like nothing is up here. It's kind of a bum gig. Well, I wasn't. I mean, maybe if there had been a, I don't know, a, a bit of a or avalanche or something. Trying to think of if there had been something, you know, that had maybe weakened the bridge or. Okay. Not that I know of. Okay, and so you were just gonna continue on your way, your circuit back. Yeah, our our route was almost up. We were gonna tag out. Okay, and, and where where is it that you tag out again? Oh, the the watchtowers. Okay, okay, and what's what's the signal again? Signal? Why don't we just? There's a secret knock on the doors. Okay, and I you do know that my brain is a sieve, an absolute colander up here. What's well, the secret knock again? Well, I. I can't really. You're not. You're not a patrol guard. I can't really tell you that. But look me in me. Look me in the eyes. I am. You know you want to tell me. I. I don't though. No. Come on. Come on. Why? Why? Why do you need? You're not. You're not a patrol guard. You don't need to get in there. What do you need it for? I'm trying to win a bet. Oh, what kind of bet? Bet that's gonna give me a lot of money, which I could share with you. Who'd you bet with? Steve. Steve, that dog. Down in accounting. Steve in accounting. I know. Slippery dog. I know. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would usually bet, but... He gets on my nerves. Seems too straight-laced. What do you need in the watchtower for? I just need to... I I need to take a basically like a selfie of myself just in there because he thinks that I can't make it inside Uh, there. And I'm like, hmm. he's just doubting my abilities and I'm not going to stand for that. Roll me a persuasion check. 19. Total? Total. Uh, well, I guess I'd... Yeah, fiddle, fiddle, shut old Steve up for a mm-hmm. few minutes. It's shaving a haircut. <laughs> nice. Obviously. <laughs> this is the only secret <laughs> knock that anything ever is. <laughs> But this is the first time anyone in this universe has ever used that particular sequence of knocks. I would never have thought to knock that way. You have to wait for the two bits. Okay. Is there anything else that I would need to know about getting in in, in the tower? That's... That's it. I mean, give the secret knock, they knock back, and then we swap out. Okay. So have you been all the way, like, up to the top of the tower? Oh, no, no, I'm a patrol guard. I'm not a tower guard. Oh, okay, because I have to get to the top of the tower. Oh. Do you know? Why didn't you? Again, that's what the bet is. Oh, well, I mean, you don't have to deal with them when you get there. I can't really help you with that. But I've never even been into the first. Do you know what the, the, like, what the uh, layout is? Because I've never even been into the first It's just a big staircase that goes up to the top. Oh, okay. And how many floors is it again? It's the bottom and the top. Oh, okay, just the two. Yeah, it's not. Okay. it's not a lot going on there. It's a tower. Do you know who's manning the tower? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to probably talk to them too and kind of, you know. I don't know who's on shift right now. There's a couple of them up there. Do you know who? Like, are they like lieutenants or something? Or I forget what the, uh, you know, hierarchy is of who's in they're charge just, of what. They're just tower guards. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't sure if I would have to, you know, like, uh, you know, grease some other palms if you catch my drift. Oh, no. Anybody in any position of power doesn't just hang out. It's so cold out here. Well, I was... They stay inside. Well, you know, because it's an important an important job, so... Yeah, but not that. Not, well, I mean, like, it's grunt work. 
Well, it's patrolling and, and keeping an eye out to things. It's, it's really important. I mean, if you... Hey, you don't send a general out to the walls. I mean, true. But again, like, keeping an eye out for things, I mean, it's, it's imperative. Right, but it's not like a general's job. It's not a lieutenant's job. Well, I was just like double, job. double checking. And there are what, four towers, right? Uh, I think there's more than that. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a couple. And they all have the same... It, yeah, they're just towers. Okay, cool, because Steve didn't say which one, that I, which one that I had to go up, so... No, yep. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, and then, obviously, I'm not really supposed to be in the tower, and I'm going to need to be getting back into the city so I can go to Steve and show him my selfie. Um, do you know the most direct route to get from the tower back into the city? I mean, there's really only one way, and it's the way we all came up here. Sorry, what way is that again? You should, should, surely you should know that. Come on. Again. There's only one. How did you get up here anyway? I mean, up the mountain itself, or? Yeah. There's one way up. I mean, with my legs. <laughs> not wrong. Where are you stationed? <laughs> I'm not. You know that. No, I don't. I'm just a traveling like I'm the bard of the group, basically. We don't, we don't have bards. We don't appreciate music. How do you know Steve? Well, it's an unfortunate, long, and not super pleasant story. No, but like, why are you up here? Only like the only to select few. I'm here because I'm a very good patrol guard. I'm up here because I'm very good at what I do, which is being. What do you do? I'm being sneaky. We I, don't. Okay, see, this is where things don't make sense. We don't need sneaky people up here. We need people to find sneaky people. No, 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 I know. I'm up here because I'm good at being sneaky. And Steve thought that I wasn't as good at being sneaky as I actually am. And so I'm not supposed to be up here. But I am being sneaky being up here, what? trying to prove him wrong. Then how did you sneak up here if you didn't come the way we all other, the rest of us came? I mean, I don't know what way you guys go up. Which way? You tell me which way you came up. I mean, I just came I just came out and up. You came out of the... Up the mountain? Yeah. Why would you do that? I, I don't know. That's the dumb way to go. Well, I didn't say that I was smart. I said I was sneaky. You go up... You go up the needle. What? The needle. I... I what is that? It's the stair... It's the shaft that goes all the way from the city up into the palace. Well, not necessarily into the palace, but into the the grounds up here. It's the only way in or out. You climb the mountain? Are you stupid? Yeah. Why am I talking to you then? Because I'm your good friend. What's your name? My name is... Stephanie. I don't care. It's really cold out here. Can, Can we go? Can you help me get back? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can go back down through the needle? I don't have to go back down the mountain? No, why would you go down the mountain? That's no the one goes I, down the mountain. That's the way I came up. That's dumb. I know. Do I, so do I need anything special to get into the needle? Well, yeah. I, I mean, there's only really one one place you can control that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be very secure. Right, but like, is there a special knock there? I'm not. I'm a patrol guard. I don't know. So you've never been up or down the needle? No, I came up once, but it's because people let me up. I'm not in oh. charge of who comes and goes. Oh, okay. I got assigned here. I came up with my battalion, and we got, you know, assigned. We didn't 
Do you know? Do you know who's in charge of the needle then? I mean, probably. I don't know. Okay. I'm a patrol. I'm not privy to the inner workings of this place. Well, I, I, I just wasn't sure. Again, never been up here. Came up here the mountainside. I Look, know if, the dumb way. If I don't start moving, my feet are gonna fall off. Okay. Why don't we start going? Going where? I can't. Can you get me across? Can you build a new bridge? Oh, wait. What side are we on? You're on your side. Oh! I was imagining that he got across and... No. Um. Uh. I don't know. I mean, I came up the mountain this way, so maybe there's another... Uh. I don't know. Path we can find? There's not. Um. I mean, we could just go back down the mountain. Or... No. But another patrol will be coming by, right? Yeah, eventually. So, I mean, it's strength in numbers, right? So, I mean, we can talk to them and see what their plan is. I mean, I guess so, if you want to wait that long. Why don't we head this way? Which way? And I'm going to, like, walk uh, towards where everyone else is hiding. And I'll be like, we can at least take shelter here for a little bit. I mean, I'm not, again, you know, sneaky and dumb. I don't have something that can get us across. Dumb, sneaky people. Fine. Okay. He follows you. Did you take him back to your group? Yeah, and then I want Karun to jump in. To kill him? Yeah. So you bring him back. Or I guess maybe not yet. And he's like, uh, wait, there's more of you? Karun's like, wait, who's, what, what's going on here? Uh, this is my good friend, Bud. Hey, Octavia, what do we do with him? Um. This is like Angie all over again. I know, this is Angie all over again. Did you get... Did you get any information out of him? I did. I figured out how to get inside the watchtower. I thought we already knew that. There was a smuggler tunnel we were all going to go through. But we could just go through the watchtower. I mean, okay, but that's less cool than going through an old smuggler's tunnel. That's true. Well, I I saw the opportunity and thought that I might grab it. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, fair. I did find out about uh, the passage that connects the the city uh, to the upper citadel... Uh, there's only that one way up and down. I guess we kind of already knew that. Um. Are you done with him? Yeah, basically. Just thought I could see if there'd be any... Can you think of anything else that we would want to ask him, or... Not really. Yeah. We've kind of got a solid plan to get inside. Well, I just thought that since we had the opportunity, yeah, we'd take advantage of it. So, I think that we've gotten everything we can. Okay, so are we gonna kill him, or what? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so you're not okay with killing the bull, but you're... Okay, I'm a bit confused here. I thought we weren't cool with killing charmed things. Or we could just let him go? Well, he's still probably gonna die out here. That's at least... Or we could take him with us. How long does this spell last? That's a very good question. It lasts an hour. That's probably... I mean, that might be long enough, but still, we're gonna face the conundrum of what do we do at the end. Well, then we could at least fight him, and it's not like us just attacking someone who's charmed. This is... Oh, you got to be really careful with using this. Because I've killed a lot of people, but it's all been in pretty straight fair combat. And just like decapitating a guy right here who thinks we're his friends, that's kind of leaning on the not-so-comfortable-with-that-train-for-me-anyway. No, that's... 
No, that is a good point. I mean, it's the same when we captured Hazan. We could have just killed Hazan. But we let her go specifically because we didn't want to execute just an unarmed prisoner, you know? That's true. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I know we've done a lot of things we'd rather have not done during this whole thing. But is ultimate victory worth, you know, giving up that part of ourselves? No, that's a good point. Okay, we'll take him with us, um, and we'll see what happens when he uncharms. We'll give him a chance to join us. You hear a loud sigh behind you, and, uh, (sighs) you and your morale. Look, (laughs) I will do it if neither of you want to, and Jisoka lifts a hand up to, uh this orc's face. Jisulka. And he looks at you, and he says, you know this is what needs to be done, but none of you have the stomach to do it, and I accept that, but I'm different from you. Jisulka. He's not going to join us. It'd be better off if we just ended him now than let him suffer and die in the cold out here. We're going to at least give him the opportunity. And then what, strike him down as soon as he says no? I'm not sure. We'll come to that when we come to that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it and it doesn't crumble underneath us. I'm not wasting any resources on this. So if you have a plan to get across that doesn't involve me somehow magically making you all fly across, then that's up to you. I can fly. I'll ferry everyone across. Are you strong enough to do that? Kamina's, she's stocky. Hey, now. (laughs) She's a dwarf. She's She's very dense. I mean, I might have to be slow, but... I would think so. I mean, I'm, you know, we, I can piggyback them over. He grabs you by the shoulder and kind of pulls you to the side and says, look, listen, not two minutes ago, I heard your conversation. You were ready to do this. If you don't want to do it, if Karun doesn't want to do it, I accept that. But this is war and this is our enemy. We should kill him now and be done with it. He's a liability. And you know, as your general, so... Uh, you know, so lovingly told you that the fate of Moia may rest in your hands right now and you really want to risk it on that. Let me do this. No. I don't really need your permission. No, you don't, obviously. And you could easily overpower me. But I'm not going to make the decision for him that he's not going to join us. You are very ready to. I know. I know. And I've, I've started thinking and being okay with things that I never thought that I would start thinking or being okay with. And I've done things I never thought that I'd be okay with doing. Things that I would never even have thought that I would be able to do, for one thing. Um, but Carhoon is, is right. He's a good, he's a good moral guiding post because it is easier to just, you know, lean into the power that you know that both you and I have. It's much easier to do that, but 
doesn't always mean I guess that it's the right thing. This is a mistake, and he's going to get one of us killed. But perhaps you need to learn that lesson. And Silva turns and walks off. And as he does, you hear a voice in your head. And Akrila pops in and says, Oi, now look. I know that I don't like to necessarily agree with that one. But I think in this instance he's right. I guess you gotta do what you gotta do, but... I don't think this is the right decision. Akrila, you want me to be a conqueror. I do. So it makes sense that you would think... And I don't just want you to be a conqueror. I know I that you a are a conqueror already. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. need to accept that part of yourself, dear. Well, I'm going to hold off on that part of myself. And you know what? Hey, if we give him the opportunity to join us, Akula, and he doesn't, um, not, I don't want to say that he's just an orc uh, who's a, a patrol duty orc, but um, I don't think it will take many of our resources to take care of him. There's still resources that you'll be using. You do what you need to, but I stand with I stand with Jisoka on this one. I think this is the wrong call, love. Well, it'll be on me then. If he's right, and this does end with one of your your, your little bit members killed, I hope you're willing to live with that too. And whew, he disappears. And on that moral dilemma, we'll pick up their next episode. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so waiting for Fulmis to pipe in there. Uh, she's going to wait and see how this one plays out. Like, she doesn't really have a dog in this race. She's kind of okay either way. It goes. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, because it's, it's her, her power and her charisma that's making me able to, to do these kind of charms. Mm-hmm. So, oh, man. Moral dilemma. Hangy round two. <laughs> Moral Dishplema. Right, everyone. Well, okay, I'm sorry, but for Aang, he he was enslaved by them. And so that's what made it more difficult. It wasn't his choice to be, like, fair thrall. Bud ostensibly joined the Dragon Blood voluntarily. So that's where I do see the difference between them. Also, Aang was just a poor dumb animal who wasn't you know, who was being hurt and, you know, forced to do things. So that that's where I'm kind of seeing this difference. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that's your call. <laughs> so just, just giving you the option. Oh, man. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're active on Twitter and Instagram. And our handle is at and a die podcast. Catch y'all next week.